Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The score! score! Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Station, 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 Station. Do you want them to tell you if they're bringing in a kid to work out or you want to be kept up to speed on this? Oh, yeah, Justin? for sure. I think, you know, everybody uh, would, would love honesty in the uh, process. So I would definitely, you know, like to know that. And it's a business, so I, you know, totally understand. Um, no hard feelings. But, you know, like I said, I control what I can control and control my work ethic, control how I, you know, carry myself each and every day. There's quarterback Justin Fields on the Rich Eisen Show here to talk about that and more. Robert Mays, host of the Athletic Football Show, NFL writer for The Athletic, who's on Twitter at Robert Mays, and on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Hey, Robert, how are you? Dan, it's going to be the longest two and a half months of any of our lives. I hope you know that. Well, yes and no. Because <laughs> Always bring the vibe, Robert. But we all I said was the moment the season's over and the Bears are in charge of the offseason, the best thing that they can do now, and Ryan Poles and anybody else and Kevin Warren and Ian Cunningham, just sit back. Just sit back and let the crazy start to happen in the quarterback market. And it hasn't taken long. It really hasn't. You're hearing what Jim, what Jim Ursay was doing yesterday, already taught, mentioning the Alabama kid. You know, just let let these pro days and let everybody fall in love on the on the quarterback love boat. Yeah, the problem is now. I mean, little stuff trickling out about the Senior Bowl and our GMs talking about are the Bears going to trade Justin Fields. It's just it's going to be a lot. It's going it's to be a lot to sift through here over the next couple months. But that's what we do this for. This, that, that's why this is fun. I like it. It's basically uh, curb your emotions for the next two and a half months, which I am 100% not capable of being able to do. Most of me has died, so I have <laughs> well set up for this. But I wish I could believe that, but I really enjoyed the most recent episode of The Athletic Football Show with you and Nate Tice. I'm reminded of the phrase, if you want to be a better writer, read more good writing, and if you want to be better at football, watch more good football. And that game... <laughs> was absolutely outstanding. The way you guys saw it, I think, was also really salient in that you pointed out the things that Andy Reid did so well in that game, 
that I don't think we are discussing as much because for good reasons, we love the athletes we saw on the field and how they played, but I would like you to also reiterate that here. What you saw out of Andy Reid, the adjustments that he made, I don't believe that whole we played for each other at the half team theme. I thought that was just silly talk. They definitely made some adjustments. And how he was able to just call a brilliant offensive game. I think you saw it the entire game. You know, the first half, I think, was dominated by different uses of motion uh, in different sorts of situations. So the the jet motion that they were using, just very fast motion from right to left or left to right, you know, that changes whether it's a three-by-one formation with three receivers on one side to a two-by-two or vice versa. And teams have different rules for when you do that. And that's why jet motion has been a weapon in the passing game for really the last like five or six years, I would say. You know, the 2017 Rams, 2017 Chiefs, like right in that era, started doing it a lot. So it's kind of a throwback in that way. But it's to take advantage of these teams that play a lot of zone-heavy defense like the Eagles do because you're changing the, the balance and you're changing how the numbers work. And then the other thing that they were doing is little short motions, you know, whether it was with Travis Kelsey putting him in to a stack or putting him into a bunch. And, you know, by doing that at the snap of the ball, you're playing with the number count of the receiver. So defensive rules are dictated by who's the outside receiver, who's number two, who's number three, you move outside in. So if you change that really subtly before the snap, it plays the rules. And they were doing that a ton. So if you look at pretty much every big pass, that the Chiefs hit in that game. There was some sort of motion that was designed to break some sort of defensive rule. And I just love watching Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare because that's what you see. You just see these little levers that he knows exactly how to pull in these certain situations. And I thought that Sunday night was a fantastic display of that. Well, and I will tell you that I hate jet motion in this town because it hasn't been executed well. (laughs) And I typically hate the concept of personnel being scheme, but that's because it also hasn't been executed well. And and it's more than that, as we all know. However, Reed was able to use it as scheme. Can you get into some of that and what you saw? I thought that was really a good point by you too. Well, I also think that it's about how does it fit within the grander plan that you're trying to execute, right? So there are teams that the, the team most recently sticks out to me is the Steelers over the last couple of years where you have all of these motions and bells and whistles. And it's not necessarily part of a cohesive offensive plan or a cohesive offensive approach. You have all that jet motion early in the game, and then you get into the second half of the game, and those two red zone touchdowns that they scored are a direct response or a direct counter to some of that jet motion they were running that was a play that the Jags ran in, in week four. And that's how deep they got into it. And I'm almost kicking myself for not going back and watching the Jags-Eagles game because, oh, it's Doug Peterson, uh, Dandy Reed tree. I probably could learn something from that. But I wrote it off just because it was in a rainstorm. So I actually didn't go back and watch that one. But clearly the Chiefs did, and they picked up plenty because the Jamal Agnew touchdown that the Jaguars scored directly influenced what the Chiefs did in those situations, which, again, is just another piece of credit to Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, that entire offensive coaching staff. It's fascinating to me just how so much communication goes on and how much is already baked in to the relationship between Reed and Mahomes and Mahomes and his offense. And even if the Bears get some of the personnel right, even if it's like, oh, we we, we got we, we may have our center or our move tight end or the wide receiver, whatever it may be, how how far you can still be from what that is like the, to me, just this chasm between how high end 
it is what you're talking about. And for the Bears to just execute a block, to just get something off cleanly, to go from where they are, how long it may take, I'm, I'm trying to be reasonable about it. Uh, even if you get a little magic and you get a little luck, there's still a long way from that. I don't think you should look at that as the goal. Because I think that if you're looking at what the Chiefs have as the goal, you're always going to be disappointed. I mean, there's a really good chance that what we're watching right now is the greatest coach-quarterback combination that the league has ever seen. If you think about what Mahomes has accomplished in his first five years as a starter, he's won two Super Bowls. He's been to three Super Bowls. The other two years where he didn't go to the Super Bowl, one was because D4 jumped off sides in the AFC Championship game in his first year as a starter. Another is because the Bengals threw maybe the greatest second-half defensive game plan I've ever seen in the playoffs against them after they dominated them in the first half. And then the Super Bowl they lost is because their entire offensive line was hurt and they couldn't block anybody. We've never seen something like this. Not me. I mean, I've been covering the game for a decade. I've been watching the game with an adult's point of view for 20 years. I've never seen anything like this. And I think that if you're aspiring to this, you're always going to be a little bit disappointed. You're going to fall short because this doesn't exist. I think it's about building the best version of what you can build. I think the Eagles are a really, really good example of that. You know, they had a quarterback that wasn't a surefire guy. He was a second round pick. You do everything you can to accumulate as many assets as you can. You kick the can down the road by giving yourself flexibility later on. They had three first round picks last season. They traded one to have an extra first round pick this season because if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, then we can go get a quarterback. There are ways to do it where you can give this Chiefs team a run, but I think that trying to emulate what the Chiefs have done, you're never going to be able to do that. That is high praise when you consider the other two that people talk about with quarterback-coach combo are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I think it's the partnership on that side of the ball is what I mean. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick is a defensive-minded head coach. What he built for Tom Brady on defense and that combination of having Brady on one side and Belichick's creation on the other, that's what makes the Patriots a juggernaut for 20 years. But kind of the mind-meld partnership between an offensive-minded play-calling head coach and Andy Reid and a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, go back and look. I mean, they've, again, been to three Super Bowls in their five seasons together as a, with him as a starter. They've won two. You know, Brady won two early in his career, but... Brady was a cog in the machine for the 2001 Patriots. He was a really, really good player by 03 and 04 when they started winning. But the first one, he wasn't the guy that he eventually became. Ben Roethlisberger won as a rookie. He was 9 of 21. Or excuse me, the second year. He was 9 of 21 in the Super Bowl that season. Hmm. I mean, that was it's not driven by quarterback success. Mahomes winning these two as quickly as he has as really the driver of what that team is. It hasn't happened in my lifetime. You know, maybe you go back and you look at what – Joe Montana and Bill Walsh were early on, you know, th examples like that, but it's a different era. You know, you have a, a salary cap now, so many other different constraints. And that's why I try to limit it to what I have seen. I have never seen anything like this since I've been alive or I've been looking at it. I'm sure you saw the same chart that I did that was making the rounds shortly after the Super Bowl of showing how much the Super Bowl leading or champion running back, how much, how much money or how little money that guy makes. And what it says about how you allocate your salary cap. And I know it's not news to say running backs are fungible. It's not news to say you really shouldn't spend too much because you can always find a decent running back. You can always essentially find a running back with whom you can win a Super Bowl. And here we got Saquon Barkley, who is about to hit the market and saying, well, what is he going to get? 
And I know he's he's great. And maybe say, well, you know, you don't usually pay running backs, but I'm wondering, is there anything we're going to learn? Are, are we finally going to wise up and have somebody decide that even what you're going to get for this guy at this level of what he does still probably isn't worth a massive chunk of your salary cap? I would never sign a high-money free agent running back from another team. Like I, I know that it's hard to – you shouldn't do hard and fast rules like that. I would not do it. I think the argument for paying running backs when they've been a part of your culture, when they're in your building, when they've contributed to your success, when they're good teammates, when they're good influences in the locker room, all of those things, those contracts can be worth handing out. You know, I think that the Browns, if you don't give Nick Chubb the contract that you gave him, that's cause for some of the guys in the building to look around and like, well, they're not going to reward him. What are we doing here? So I think it's as much a cultural consideration and paying what those guys deserve based on the contributions they've provided to your franchise than anything else. I would not go out and give somebody a top five at the position market setting or market in line contract at that position. Uh, You can't start, you can't even build a list of multiple times where that's worked out in a team's favor over the last, I don't know, however many years. Now do David Montgomery. I mean, that's the consideration that the Bears will have to do, right? I mean, is it worth paying him? Is it? Do you feel like you're? I say no. Consideration. I, 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 I think I, no I because he just doesn't run fast enough for my tastes. I don't. Clear Herbert has been as effective as David Montgomery when given the same opportunities. Uh, is that wrong? No, I feel <laughs> no. like I feel like we're in somewhat of agreement. I love him in the pass blocking game, but hopefully you get better pass blockers on your line, and then you don't have to depend on it as much. But yeah, it's it's a conundrum, and the Bears aren't the only ones facing it. You know, this is a similar problem in Dallas in a way. We are in a place now. The Super Bowl is the perfect example, and it's an unfortunate place where running backs have just lost that real cachet within an offense as one singular player. The Chiefs drafted a running back in the first round the year after they won the Super Bowl. He was their first-round pick. He was a healthy scratch in the Super Bowl because you can piece that position together. You can go get Jarek McKinnon for next to nothing. You can draft Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, and the combination of those two guys is as good or better than what Clyde Edwards-Alaire can give you. And that's just the reality of the position. It's unfortunate for the guys who play it, and I think that guys who do a great job should be rewarded within their offense, but... If you can have reasonable alternatives, which the Bears absolutely do, then I think there are plenty of arguments for not spending a lot of money to retain someone at that spot. How do you find a center that is even 75% as good as Jason Kelsey? And look at what the Bears want to do and, and what you can do with fields. And so much of it is going to depend on what that guy snapping the ball can do and how many levels of the defense, the angles that he can take. Do you develop one? Is that someone you can take from another team? I just, I, I don't know what the, what the history says. The history says that it's actually a really good position to seek out answers in free agency. Uh, among every single position, if you're paying a top-of-market center contract in, in free agency, I think it has the best hit rate and the best history of any single position. So you can go back a couple recent examples. Mitch Moore signed with the Bills. He's given them a lot at that spot. Uh, Corey Lindsley going to the Chargers has been really, really good. Ryan Jensen with Tampa Bay. So these guys are top of market centers. You know, and then, so then Lucas Patrick is the one the Bears get. Right. Well, that's the, the concern is that's he was hurt, but also that's not a top of market guy. 
you know, if the Bears went and got Corey Lindsley last year, it's a different story, but the Bears didn't have any money last year. <laughs> right. So I think if there is a guy, and by as I'm thinking about it, I don't know if there is necessarily like a top seven to eight center that's a veteran who might be available in free agency this year. But if there is, it has been a historically decent place to look at the position. But the other nice part of it is you can find those guys with the 70th pick, you know, with the 85th pick. And, you know, you're hoping with the Bears and owning the number one pick, are you going to get a haul for it? Are you going to have a bunch of extra picks? Are you going to have some dice rolls to potentially spend at some of those positions? How are you reading the Jim Ursay quotes that he spoke so freely next to Chris Ballard about? I feel I was saying earlier to Dan, I feel like those two are pretty, pretty free speakers. They're going to let you know it's on their minds. But uh, Ursay doing that, I think, takes it to another level as far as letting people know how much you want something, especially when your division rival is is on your heels in the draft. I would be shocked if they did not come away from the top five of this draft with a quarterback. I'd be shocked. It, you think about their experiences over the last three or four years and how horrible it's been to be on this merry-go-round where you're shopping for a different guy each offseason, you're shopping for a new answer each offseason. I think Chris probably feels that his feet are being held to the fire a little bit. You know, the coach gets fired. You have a terrible, terrible bottoming out season. And I understand why he was retained. And I understand why Jim Ursay has faith in him as kind of the steward of that building. You know, that it's about more than draft history. It's about more than a lot of things. And they had a, the worst case scenario season this year, but I can understand why you would want him to kind of steer you out of that. That being said, I think there is probably some urgency And I think this is the best opportunity for them to take a shot. You know, they have a top four pick in a draft where there are multiple quarterbacks. So I would be absolutely shocked if if they did not come away from the top five here with one of those guys. So Jim Mercer saying that while a little bit shocking, I don't think is news to me. Robert Mays, always great stuff. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Robert. That's Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show and NFL writer for The Athletic. Let's get back to the White Sox when we return as we turn around some of this information. Rick Hahn is explaining what the White Sox didn't know and what they couldn't have known. And this is really sketchy stuff. At the very least, it is a massive indictment of their pro scouting department about what they say they didn't know and had no way of knowing and that things weren't offered up front to them. I'm I'm a little surprised that it basically... In a nutshell, the White Sox are saying we're not evil, we're just stupid. That's how it's coming across. So we'll have uh, some of that. And, <sighs> Lesser of two evils approach, I guess. But but that that's basically what it is. Saying so, you know we're not we're not, we're not horrible. We're just we're just ignorant. That's the tone of it, and it 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 is at least leading us to ask questions about who's employed there competently to do some of what we could easily do to find the the 2019 stuff about Clevenger to find anything that teammates have said about him and that you 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 need the guy's agents to offer negatives about his client to you i mean it's really really odd we'll, we'll continue to discuss next on the score Dan Bernstein Lawrence Holmes middays 10 to 2 on 670 the score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey station The White Sox are saying we're we're not evil. We're just stupid. Okay, that, these are the options, I guess. It's pretty much what this is. That 
Rick Hahn says he's disappointed that Clevenger and his agents didn't tell them about the investigation. And they also said that when then they were doing background checks, there was nothing that rose to the level of what's being alleged in, in this allegation. Do you have social media? Do you have the stuff that, that Clevenger's uh, previous significant other and mother of his other child posted in 2019 about how he treated her? Um, like where, where are your, Where's your staff that does this? Josh Nelson of Sox Machine, our guy, just tweeted they should have learned their lesson from what happened with Omar Vizquel. How can this happen again? And that's, that's the issue to me. What are we doing here? You have one job of a group of people to do an actual background check, to actually ask these questions, find these things out. You say, well, our only option, we, we, there's nothing really we can do. We're, we were disappointed when we found out. Or this indicator from James Fegan, were you worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You knew there were some flags. Han said they originally viewed the Clevenger signing a calculated risk due to maturity issues they found in their background process on him. In addition to citing the publicly known incident of Clevenger breaking protocol in 2020. You don't have to. In addition to the baseball issues. Well, forget the baseball issues. Even if you're talking about this isn't just maturity issues. The way he has treated his life partners and children is well known. And, and, And talk to these women. Talk to the women. Don't talk to his agent. Well, you know, his agent could have said something. His agent never said anything. 
really find out where where is your where's your staff? His Why a- are you doing this? His agent gets paid based on Clevenger getting a paycheck. Right. You think he's just going to offer, you know, uh, we'd love to sign this $12 million contract, but he's under investigation for uh, probable, uh, I mean, come on, come on. What do you think? That's the agent's job? We haven't talked a lot about the previous post from his previous partner. Bad. Disturbing to read and and look at. And I just retweeted them. If you want to look at them yourself, this, it, is, this was different partner, yes, different kid. Different person involved it's it's not <sighs> apparently clevenger's mom was all was also ripping up there pictures of the of the she was yeah. involved too yes it's just there's a lot there that makes you feel at the very least uneasy and once again say mlb doesn't think he violated anything which i i'm not sure how that would happen I still don't feel good about this at all. Yeah, the, the 2019 tweets from his girlfriend, Monica Cerolo. Mike Clevenger, stop talking to me on fake Twitter. Answer your phone. I left my job designing swimwear and still supported us, making more money than you for years. Bipolar, like when you asked for a booty pick last month, said you wanted me, and then kicked us out 12 hours later. Said Mike Clevenger straight blindsided me and our daughters, especially when he threatened us and kicked us out of the home we just moved into together. There's a series of pictures here. And then there's a a, a Twitter story from Baseball Bros. And then she said, I can't even watch this without puking. Like when I found out you cheated four weeks after I birthed your daughter. And then she posts a picture and says the special kind of psycho Mike Clevenger's mom is to write monsters, clothes, and goodwill on my belongings and rip up pictures of my daughters. That was the part that was... What the hell, man? Calculated risk. This is your calculated risk? Do they know about this stuff? James Fegan also tweeted 14 minutes ago. Han, the confidentiality of the MLB investigation kept the socks... I I assume it says... Han said the confidentiality of the MLB investigation kept the socks from knowing the allegations against Clevenger... And that he understands why Clevenger himself did not disclose them. But he said that the Sox will have to review how they can improve their background check process. (laughs) You think? (sighs) You think? And we're trying to figure out when we read all this stuff, if we can get some indication of where MLB is at in this investigation. That's what I'm also trying to do here when I read this. I read it out loud. We're trying to piece together what we what we can figure out based on timing of communication and available information. And just why you wanted so desperately to have this. Why it was so important that you beat everybody to, to sign him. It, it, this was well known. Just talk to people around the league about what kind of guy you're bringing in here and what you're dealing with and what other teammates have said about him. Why? At least they illustrated this, and Han said this, which I was which, which I was asking for in transition. Stephanie Epstein, where Han said placing a player on administrative leave—that's what Trevor Bauer was on and why he wasn't with the Dodgers while under investigation—is up to the commissioner and the union, not up to the team. The White Sox have some agency in this. I it, would think so. It depends on how much money they want. There's no grievance if you pay him. There's no grievance. 
if you pay him. Yeah, interesting tweet here. This reminds me of when the Bears talked to Ray McDonald's parents. That's You'll a good, have to that's tell me call. about that. Yeah, that's 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 good recall. That's that's when they tried to figure out, they tried to talk themselves into bringing Ray McDonald in before eventually they were shamed into not bringing a, a, a dangerous guy in. But this is just so unnecessary. Maturity issues. How old is Clevenger? Oh, over 30. I, I'd like to know when you talk about maturity issues. 32. 32. 32. Thank you. He's 32 years old. If you have a kid at high A who does something stupid, that could be attributed to maturity issues. Halo Jimenez running into the outfield wall a time or 200 too many. I, Maybe that's a maturity issue. I worked in the minors long enough to be a part of a lot of maturity issues. I have experienced them firsthand and I have contributed to them. This is character issue. Correct. This isn't maturity issue. Correct. This is who he is. This wasn't a youthful, one single youthful indiscretion. And when you say something's a calculated risk, it was calculated enough for you to race out and set the market on him. Yep. Like you ran to him in your calculated risk. You weren't backed into it. This wasn't something that, that two nights before camp opened. This was November. So you calculated your risk. You're like, yep, 12 million. Let's go get him right now before anybody else can get him. That, that, that's, that, that's not the definition of what a, what a calculated risk is. It's badly calculated then. It, it's just also the body of work and the record. Yeah, it's the phrase, you are what your record says you are. And whether or not you like it, there have been some bad things happen recently to this organization. And I am including Tony Lewis's second DUI in this that only Jerry knew about and didn't seem to care. And we are including Omar Vizquel. And James... Uh, uh, multiple allegations against Omar Dave Vizquel. Dave Wilder. How about all the Dave Wilder stuff? Don't forget that. What he was doing with, with money on the side and skimming off the scouting budgets, the bonus budgets, and, and, and paying Buscones under the table and all that, and taking some of that money. And all the lying that went on there. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. How often can this happen? How many stories are like this with other teams? How many of them? Like where you have that many incidents happen in that short of an amount of time. And that's only part of it. And I'm saying with your minor league teams too. I'm not saying like just at the major league level. That's not fair. I would not be comparing it correctly. But even if today, even if you we, we grant that, okay, you should have done a better background check. You didn't do a, a good enough background check. And you kind of half admitted to that. And it's completely out of your hands to do anything because ML, you have to wait until there had to have been, there had to have been a way to prevent him from being in your uniform today. They didn't want to prevent, they they want him on the socks. They want him on the field, no matter his maturity issues or their inability to vet their players or whatever they know or don't know about the latest incident. They He's there because they want him there. Why? Why do you still want him here? Why? As far as what would be in their power, Katie Strang of The Athletic, who broke the story about the recent allegations, she joined us on January 25th, and this was her explanation of what the Sox could have done. 
I think if they had been contacted, doing, you know, the appropriate amount of due diligence, I think there would have been some things that were flagged that they were made aware of. Um, And and that's not to say that that would have precluded them from signing him. Um, They might have done, you know, more digging into the situation and felt like that was something that they, you know, were were willing to take on. Um, But, you know, I, I, I think... You know, when when I'm reporting these situations, I don't just, you know, I, it's not like I'm calling the GM or the, you know, manager to find out how a player is. I, I'm generally, you know, reaching out to people um, who are in a position to observe who, you know, might not have a vested interest in, in that player, um, you know, as, you know, a, a teammate or as an agent, um, but... What do the interns say? You know, what what do what do the people working for the team team ops like the field ops say? Like, what what do people around that person that have nothing to gain or to lose really um, by sharing an unvarnished opinion? What do those people say about the situation? You know, and I mean, I, I would imagine most teams are sophisticated enough to be scouring social media and um, you know looking for any sort of internet footprints of players that they're considering signing and um you know that would certainly be the bare minimum of what i would do if i was working for a team it's the bare minimum of what we do as reporters then hire a reporter and i remember the last time when we had katie string on we all talked about it and there was some reaction where it was like really grounds crew yes you talk to the grounds crew people even if you're somebody like me who's out there for batting practice Mm -hmm. You just talk to people. It's what you do. You see them every day. That's these are people who are who are in your sight lines and you know they're around you every day. Yeah, you talk to people. It's what we do. So that's not that outrageous to think that that would be a possibility as well. A lot of people see things you just don't necessarily know and you don't use people necessarily. Treat them with respect and sometimes, you know, you might learn some stuff. There is a, and I need you to check this for me to see to make sure that this is real. But there is uh, Patrick Nolan of Sox Machine has posted what appears to be. Do me a favor and check it out and tell me it, from Olivia Feinstead, who is the most recent accuser. And I don't see a timestamp on it. It looks like an Instagram story. It was from this morning. It was from this morning. Okay, so this is her Instagram. And this story. is this is her. So should I read this before we play some of the Rick Hahn? This is what she posted. It's a very long statement. It's two pages. And it's, I think, yeah, that is her account, isn't it? The same account where she posted uh, the pictures of yep. what she discussed happened with Mike Clevenger. Wow. Okay, so we've got this and we've got the Rick Hahn sound. And we'll bring it to you after a brief time out on the score. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It is up to, under the terms of the collectively bargained policy, uh, it is solely the discretion of the commissioner to discipline a player under investigation after the conclusion of an investigation. Uh, at this point, uh, the White Sox options are the same as they have been throughout this process when Mike joined us, and that is to uh, respect the process and the investigation and let it play out. That is the club's only option. If you don't want to be out $12 million, that's your only option. You're not going to have a grievance if you just pay him. 
It's not your only option. It's your less expensive option. And the White Sox right now have to go to Instagram, and the White Sox have to read the story that Olivia Feinstead posted today. You've got to read every word of it. And you've got to look at all of those text messages and pay special attention to the involvement of Trevor Bauer in this and the mentions of Trevor Bauer and how involved Trevor Bauer is in the story because he and Mike Clevenger are so close. And then you can also go back and look at the Trevor Bauer investigation and find out Clevenger was mentioned, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like anything until something like this comes along. His name came up in the Bauer investigation. So I, you're going to hear more from Rick Hahn. We've sort of made a, a programming decision here. I know that Parkins and Spiegel are planning on running the, the full seven minutes of, of Hahn on Clevenger in its entirety. Wanted to give you some, but stick around here. They're going to be breaking it down in full. As we're- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kind of up against it time-wise, because I thought it was as important or more important, rather to hear from the bumbling socks. Olivia Feinstead posted this in, in story mode in her Instagram story. Everyone, and I'm, I'm going to edit this for, for length and clarity. Yes. Everyone at spring training, ask Mike, besides all the physical harm he's done to May and I, that's the daughter, why he's refusing to add her back on his health insurance. He took her off after I left. His excuse is needing her documents. But what's funny is all of her documents are being withheld from me and him and his mom. If they weren't being withheld from me, why can't they ship them like the thousand times I've asked them to? I've paid out of pocket just this month around $500 for chiropractor and pediatrics. That's also a form of child abuse, and it's financial abuse. She writes, Mike Clevenger is one of the worst dads I have ever met. He has been this way for years to his other's kids, too. Other kids. I don't tolerate what their kid's mother Excessive drug use, excessive cheating, excessive emotional abuse, driving the kids while on acid. Physical harm against me, physical harm against my child, but she does. She's saying she won't tolerate what the other partner will tolerate. So she's accusing him of driving the kids while on acid. Says he's now trying to pretend to be this great dad suddenly when his other kid's mother has years of posting on his abuse He's an abuser in all forms. The investigation is still very much going on. The White Sox can allow him at spring training. That doesn't mean Mike is off the hook with MLB or that he didn't do what I've said he has. What am I supposed to do? Predict when he's going to physically harm me and have my camera ready? His biggest insecurity isn't being an abusive partner or parent, but his fragile body that breaks on the mound repeatedly. Take that and run with it if you see him today. And then she includes a video, and she says, watch the video on how Mike got reported to the MLB because it wasn't by me. His excessive drug abuse, shrooms, acid, etc., and him choking me got reported by other people. She said, I wasn't saying anything at all, even with Mike breaking MLB investigation policy and threatening my mom and me. I didn't want to say anything for the sake of moving on. It took me about four months and several custody threats later 
before I started turning in evidence and speaking to MLB investigators. That was posted today by Olivia Feinstead. This is just starting. Our information, yes. Yep. This is, this, these are maturity issues? It's 32 years old. This is what your, your background check uncovered what you call maturity issues. Really. Really. Or that they need to improve their background process, their background check process. They at least they they cop to that. Yeah, maybe we got to be better at figuring all this. But here he is, your White Sox fifth starter. <laughs> be proud, White Sox nation. It's a hell of a thing, man. We'll do transition with Parkins and Spiegel when we return on the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.